Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. They're not going to overhire during excellent economy. Partners will pick up and leave if they don't make as much. And you're working 2,500 hours a year, but someone like Jeffrey Epstein has all these friends. I, I do want to offer a couple of things. I know last week people were asking about reviews. And it's interesting. If there's so much work and everyone's working their tail off and the economy's going great, a lot of times the firms won't even do reviews because they're just too busy and they don't want to say negative things to you because they just want you to, people are so much in demand, they don't want to upset you. And and if they do reviews many times and the market's hopping, they may just give you a positive reviews. You're not doing great work because there's just so much work and, and they need people and they want to keep you happy. But when the gravy train stops, then the reviews suddenly turn very nasty and that can be scary. But again, joining firms and smaller markets, I put Sacramento, it's, it's actually growing markets. I don't even know this is, I would say in something like Bakersfield, California, there's Sacramento, but things are often not di- a lot different. And those firms often don't hire as many people because not as many people are leaving. And because it's a smaller market, the salaries often will not be competitive with those of large law firms at all. I see situations, it's very funny. There's firms like in Los Angeles, that may pay a starting salary of, say, you're a patent prosecutor of $200,000. And then you drive 15 miles to Pasadena, California, and it's a suburb of Los Angeles, and starting salaries might be half of that. And it's the same thing. And a lot of these firms, the salaries are lower because the billing rates are lower, but the clients like the lower billing rates, so they get more work and there's more stability. But there's just a lot of things going on in the background that I hope you're picking up today because there's a lot of stuff here that is very important and will change the nature of your career. And attorneys in markets that are smaller, and again, I don't like the fact I'm using Sacramento because it's actually a much bigger market than when I worked on the B-side. But anyway, people that work in those small markets generally hunker down and will plan on staying in the same firm the entire of their career if they can. Now, not everyone's like that, but a lot of them are. And, and it's more of a tribe and and many of them do end up staying in those firms. And there's just more loyalty. People feel welcome. Uh, there's more emphasis on cooperating. They'll say things like no jerks policy and stuff. And every firm says that, but they'll actually mean it. And um, a lot of times there's more emphasis on training, like they will spend time with you. And um, there's more inter- emphasis on not burning bridges. Uh, and these firms are structured to help and not necessarily, they want to lift you up and they want you to be happy and they don't, it's just different. They're not going to overhire during excellent economies and then lay a bunch of people off when the economy slows down. Now, again, I'm not talking about, I'm saying all firms are like this in smaller markets. I'm not, but I say, I'm, I'm saying that this is for me, from what I've seen, uh, looking at attorneys and hundreds of legal markets uh, more often the norm than not. And um, because these law firms protect their own, these people are typically uh, protected from layoffs during recessions or just for economic reasons when uh, the firm loses business. Um, Partners with these firms often practicing into the late 70s, they still keep them around. It's very funny. And you see these people on these websites that they're like, wow, they graduated from law school in 1960. But it's true. And then they're often given titles like of counsel and stuff, but they still have a home and a tribe they can go to and people respect them and come talk to them for advice and ask them questions. And they have an office to go to. In these offices, they're able to keep their minds active, feel needed. And where younger members of the tribe can look to them as valued resources and mentors. And for the most part, people who join these firms settle down 
start families, buy houses. They may not be the kind of houses that you would buy if you're in a big city, of course, but certainly they're able to do it. And and they may live pretty normal lives where they can spend time with their families, where their spouses don't feel alienated and need to divorce them or run around. And yeah, I was going to tell you a story about that, but I, I'm not sure that I want to. But anyway, I, a lot of lawyers that work very hard, their spouses will find other people to be with them when those attorneys are at work because they're not getting any attention. And it's very sad, but I've actually seen a lot of that. Yeah. But that's, and it's also scary. So if you don't give your significant other enough attention, many times they'll find it elsewhere. I'm just telling you that I've seen that a lot and it's very sad. You know, I, I remember I was, I'll just tell a quick story. I was sitting next to a guy when I was in, in college and and he was this guy that you know, I was complaining about a relationship or something that I had with a girlfriend at the time. And he was telling me all this stuff that how he treats women and how they, and anyway, how he meets all these women. And he said the ones that are the, that in, he was this hookup master, but he said the people that seem the most interested in me are always wives and lawyers. And I was like, wow, what? you know, so I'm just telling you, if you're not around, it can create a lot of problems. And that pretty much when I heard that, obviously I never forgot it because telling you today. You may not in a smaller market make market salaries, but you feel safe. The environment protects you. The cost of living is cheaper. You're making good money. And um, everyone works together to protect each other. And this is how um, attorneys are able to have long-term careers and stay happy and sane because they're able to find their tribe. And when they find their tribe, um, they're able to uh, stick with it. And um, meanwhile, other attorneys who are looking for the highest salary or the most prestige to for their identity and for maybe to pass student loans. This is often in the largest markets and they never see the big picture of how being a member of a tribe uh, can be instrumental over um, the trajectory of their entire career. And the sad reality is basically that most attorneys um, never understand that uh, they're influenced by money uh, to the point of indoctrination and that's all that matters. It's more important than relationships. It's more important than feeling fulfilled. And they believe that um, making them the most amount of money is really the best course of action for them to take. And um, they don't understand the profound trade-off uh, they're making uh, when they exchange security and happiness um, for, the, for the fast paycheck. You're really, you're making the deal with the devil because you're making a decision that is based on things that is money more important than relationships? Is money more important uh, than being happy? Is money more important than having uh, a good relationship and uh, your significant other and your significant other feeling loved and cared for? Is money more important than giving up 10 or 12 years of your life only to be told that you're never going to be a partner in this firm, but you have sacrificed your time you're 27 till or 25 to the time you're 35 or more of instead of going another path. So these are just things to think about. And everything that you do has a price associated with it and a cost. And, and that is quite serious uh, when you think about it. So money-driven firms will often view attorneys as commodities and not tribe members. It's not because they're bad people. It's just because of the nature of the work they're doing and what they have to do. And this is how they've developed. They're really based on the bonds of money 
meaning people uh, are excited about the money money bank. Law firms will try to keep their profits per partner as high as they can. So they attract more good attorneys and, and they will compare each other based on their profits per partner, their firm. They will, from, they will feel good about themselves, like they're achieving something based on the profits, the partner of the firm they're working at. And, and they're motivated many times by that and not being part of a tribe. These money-driven firms are often money, autonomous groups of people. They are bound together often by financial goals. Partners will pick up and leave if they don't make as much money as they feel they should. And, and they don't necessarily have significant loyalty to their people. And in reality, self-interest rules. There's no connection to the group, no loyalty. And once the money stops, the people in that firm will very quickly walk out the door. There's no understanding that, hey, times are tough. We need to reduce your salary. There's no understanding that, hey, times are tough. We're going to reduce your your draw as a partner. Another, actually, a lot of partners do take it in stride. But the loyalty often stops. People will leave instantly. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. I remember I had this guy that I met years ago and he was a partner at a big firm. And he'd won this huge verdict that resulted in the firm getting $60 million or something. And so he thought that the law firm would pay him a huge bonus, like 10 million or 20 million or something. And he thought this was the best thing he'd ever done in his career. And instead they gave him like 300,000. So he called me and he was like, I'm leaving within one week because of this. I'm very upset and, and I'm leaving. So he literally got a job at another firm within one week. Now, and I think I got it for him. I, I got it for him, but it wasn't. And so people, money, and again, I personally can understand how upset he was. But at the same time, money is the bond. And if money slows down, then the law firm, in order to keep keep itself um, uh, with high profits for a partner, uh, to be able to continue paying its expenses, will let anyone and everyone go uh, be, to make more money for themselves, knowing that they can, because of their brand, they can very quickly uh, generate lots of resumes and people to help them. The, the attorney's family, the fact that the attorney's supporting the family, the, the attorney's connection doesn't matter because the law firm, because of its size and because of financial reasons and because of its need to keep profits per partner high for prestige, because it doesn't want to dilute the amount of money their partners are making and have their partners leave, which if you think about it, if a law firm has 30, too many, 30, 30 plus associates, that are getting, say, an average of $300 a year, 300000 a year. What is that? 30 times, I don't know, 300000 It would be 
millions. So they're able to get their profits per partner much higher by doing that. And if you join a law firm that's based on money as opposed to shared values and common interests, you're becoming part of an organization where you are a commodity. Now, I'm not seeing it be a commodity forever because if you become a partner, uh, you're going to be part of the partnership and you'll say, my partners, this is how partners always talk. My partners, this, and they say that because they're proud of that affiliation of being part of that tribe, uh, which is very difficult to get into uh, in most big firms. Or the other one is if, for example, like people in fraternities, I hear this to this day, my brother, all this kind of thing. That's how people talk about their tribes because they're um, proud of it. But if you join a lot of firms, you're just not going to be a member of a tribe because no one's looking out for you. You're vulnerable to threats, which would be changes in business and economic climate. Again, the business and economic climate always change changes. You're you're vulnerable to large clients leaving. You're you're vulnerable to political infighting, threats from fellow attorneys, layoffs, not making partner, getting bad performance reviews, demotions, people that you don't even know that want to keep costs down, trying to find reasons to get rid of you. They may come up and talk to you at a party or something, someone with a lot of business that wants to make sure they reduce the headcount and and they'll you know, talk to you in such a way that you they, you say something that they can use against you. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on. You just never know. And so you have fear and danger. You are afraid of making mistakes. You're afraid of offending the wrong person. You're afraid of not doing an assignment. You're afraid of turning down work. You're afraid of, uh, you know, upsetting people. You're afraid of everything. And so your fears pervade in your life. And, and this is difficult if you're viewed as a commodity. And it's difficult if you're in a position where this will all happen if your usefulness diminishes. And it could happen because you've worked to the bone and you have nothing left to give. I mean, you've lost your enthusiasm uh, and the law firm can see it. So they're going to hire someone um, with that enthusiasm. Typically, um, they'll hire younger people uh, than older people. Um, it's the rich man will uh, always, you see the rich man always with younger women. I mean, I, I, again, this is just, I guess, what people, and I'm not saying every rich man's like that, but this is a lot of what goes on, and and, and it's un, unfortunate. And if you're part of a tribe, commodities are fungible and easily replaceable. For an example, who, when you marry someone, you say, till death do us part, for rich or for poor, for up, for trouble and not trouble, but, and that's supposed to be a bond that's similar to a little mini tribe. But there's nothing like that with law firms, unless many times you're a partner. It's just important to think about. Now, you can get that in um, a lot of smaller markets and smaller firms. You may be that. But in most cases, a tribe person is very important. So if I've said enough, I just I know I've said a lot, but I do want to tell you why being part of a tribe is very useful at any part of an attorney's career. Whatever stage of your career you're at, whether you're an associate or partner or something in between, you need to consider all these factors regarding tribes when you're making decisions. For example, take a young associate. Many law students who've had the opportunity, for example, top law, top schools and top grades to work for top firms in major markets will always readily do it. So they will choose that over something else. I mean, that, that to them is the ultimate. It's the prestige. It's the money. The bigger and better the firm, the better. And they're impressed by the high salaries many times. And most times they're making uh, more money than their parents ever made. They feel like they've been rewarded for working so hard in college and law school by getting good grades and getting into these big firms. And they often don't appreciate that there's cost 
associated with this. Anytime something's too good to be true, or anytime something looks very good, you have to wonder, why is somebody willing to pay me so much money? What is What have I done to, is it because I went to school or what is going on? And what's going on, by the way, is most of the time you're front-loading your compensation to the beginning of your career, and meaning you may, who knows, but you're front-loading your compensation. Blinded by money and prestige, a lot of these attorneys are disappearing into a bleak, hostile, exhausting world um, where no one's looking out for them, no one's protecting them, uh, no one's um, advancing or caring about them. And if they are advancing care about them, they're basically making sometimes just making it look like they're advancing and care, care about them. So what do I mean by that? Someone will join a law firm and they'll get really good reviews when they're a junior, a middle, mid-level associate and those feel really good about themselves. And then they'll become more senior and the law firm will have a lot of work and they'll start getting a lot of good reviews again. And they'll, and then um, maybe they'll be told, yes, it looks like we're going to be able to make you partner the next year while that person's still doing a lot of work. And then the law firm will sit them down and maybe they'll defer them for one year. Maybe they'll defer them for two years. Maybe they'll defer them for three years. And these deferrals are basically so they can continue profiting off whatever work this attorney's doing to, to for, that's making them money. But the work will slow down or the law firm will just decide that they would rather bill you out or the, as a junior, work to junior and mid-level associates to save their clients money. And then they say, sorry, we can't make you partner. We would appreciate you leaving within the next three months or something. Sometimes you'll say six months. Sometimes you'll say one month. Sometimes you'll just let them go. I've seen that before. Just buy. So this is what you're up against. You're up against many times people that are saying one thing and doing another. You're up against games. You're up against forces you can't control. And you're certainly up against something that is maybe a fake tribe. I don't know. Um, but you're up against something that can hurt you. And um, you have to be careful. And I'm only reason I'm telling you this, I'm not, I don't think big firms are bad, but I think you need to make decisions that, that are in your best interest in terms of where you're going and what you're doing in your career. Because if you don't have anybody to look out for you and protect you and you advance, and if you can't trust what people say, where does that leave you? So I'm not exaggerating. I talk to associates in this situation all the time. I get calls from people all the time. Hey, I thought I was going to make partner. And then I didn't. I lost my job that day. Not all the time, but when I review resumes, I, I'm like, wow, this person, this huge firm. And they're like, my firm told me to make me partner this year. And they didn't and because you know, they fill out these things. And so I, I see that all the time. If I, so it's, it happens. Now, again, it doesn't happen to everyone. As a matter of fact, it may have, depending on the firm, they may make more partners than not. Um, when people get senior, or they make everyone a partner uh, that's up for partner, and it could be a big firm. So again, I'm not stereotyping uh, things and saying that all firms are like this. I'm just telling you that a lot of them are, and um, you have to be aware of that. When this happens to people, they're in a position where they've dedicated 12, 14 years of their life to a firm, and they have to leave. The tribe's kicking them out after they've given everything. They have to pick up the pieces of their lives after after during a decade or more of inhumane hours, getting called and emailed at all hours of the day, maybe attacked by other attorneys and uh, trying to be undermined by people in their class uh, or uh, junior, more junior people, more senior people, or partners out to get them that don't want them to make more partners because it de- decreases their compensation. The lack of job security and 24-7 grind where you're working with people you can't trust, and that creates despair, anger, and negativity. Because of that, of course, many attorneys are addicted to substances. When I was practicing, I knew attorneys, several, that would go home 
after work each day and smoke tons of pot until they went to sleep. Or attorneys that would be at work and use all sorts of things to basically keep going. In its worst case scenario, which actually I've seen a lot of, smoking crystal meth. Come on, like in a big firm, like we're talking about the biggest firms out there, but more likely cocaine or different things at work. And then and then at home, a lot of times all these downers, like going home and drinking 12, 12 beers every night and then getting up and going to work the next day and then repeating the same thing the next day and the next day. And um, so this, you're, when you're disconnected from, from other people, when you're in an environment that you don't feel protected, when you don't see any other way out, because you will buy cars, you will, you will if you're in a, in a big city, you will rent expensive apartments, uh, you will do all sorts of things and that you don't use or go to very often to feel good uh, about the money you're making. And so a lot of people, when this happens and they endure this shock, recover, never recover. They give up and practicing the law altogether. I know so many of these people, it's astonishing. So this is what can happen. And at the same time, other associates many times or partners that are fortunate enough, not good enough, or didn't have the qualifications to get into the most largest firms, will often find tribes in less demanding markets and end up having a totally different perspective of the practice of law. They'll like it, they'll get up and they'll be happy, they'll feel good about protecting clients, they'll enjoy it, they'll feel important. In a lot of smaller markets, if you move to a neighborhood, you're the only attorney. And people are in awe. Wow, it's an attorney. It's an attorney. And this is how, again, most of the country is. Not big cities. If you're an attorney in a big city, like LA, uh, people might think, oh, this person, what a... Like, they're not going to look up to it. They might actually look down on it because you're not in the entertainment industry. You're not a big internet tycoon. Or you're not all these sorts of things. A lot of attorneys, when you go to the right firm and you're in the right market, and again, there are firms in LA that are great, that are, have that. There are firms in uh, probably thousands, if not hundreds, in New York City that are like this. So I'm not saying that the, the market's the problem. It's often the firm and the way the firms run uh, very efficiently, uh, which means it's kicking out people to make everything efficient, or it's creating very harsh conditions to make more money. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So if you're in a firm where the partners, the profit per partners are extremely high, the way they're that way is because they're maximizing the value of their labor. So meaning if you're working at a big firm and you're working 2,500 hours a year, another person's working 3,000, they're making a lot more money off you um, than if you were in a position where you were working 15 or 1,600 uh, hours. And so you're actually basically being paid half of what you would be paid if you were at a normal firm. So you're, but, and so they're, um, the lure of being a partner and the importance of the work is actually making you, putting you in a position where you're, you're maybe making less money and uh, than you normally would because you have less free time and, and all these things. And then the law firm's making a lot of money because it's maximizing its cost by working you to death. 
So a lot of smaller firms committed to experience, smaller firms, mid-sized firms, smaller markets. They often have gratitude for the work. They're members of a tribe and feel protected. And, and even senior associates and young partners that don't have any business may feel part of a tribe and they may feel, and they may feel good. But I would submit to you that being in a place where you're going to have access to work that's consistent over time is a great thing. Those firms, big firms that it's very funny. I was talking recently to, I, I talked to people that are 20 year associates at some law firms that have been 20 year associates there, worked there, they started there in the ninth year and the law firm just kept making them associate. And then would sit down with them and say, this is what you need to be counsel of. And the step after that, we partner. Those big firms are, some of them are actually very nice and, and they might be working with four or five partners consistently, but they're just not there to be part, they're just not partnership material. So you may find a place, your biggest thing is to find a place where you're valued, where people, rainmakers, for example, are going to take an interest in them and protect you and train you and make you like the contact for the clients. And um, so you can do this in big firms, but you need to um, be able to do it, to have access to work in the long haul. If you don't have a mentor in a big firm, if you don't have people that are protecting you, then you're in really bad shape. So you are in trouble because no one's going to stick up for you. People with power don't have any reason to stick up for you. And you're going to be eventually you're, you're not going to be in a good shape. So you need to find groups of people that will support you. And that's exactly what people do that become partner. It's also what people do that become, you know, where they're able to stick around as associates or they're able to stick around as counsel. They have groups of people defending them. If you're a senior attorney with no business, if the firm you're in has a tendency to let those people go. So what you need to understand is that you look at firms and you say, what happened uh, to the person like me that worked really hard. What was the result that they got? What was at the end of the road? And you look and you say, what's happening to people like me? What happened to them last year? What happened in the year before? So if you see things and the, the, the results aren't what you expect and they're better attorneys than you or they worked harder or who knows, then pretty much what's going to happen to you. So just think about that. Just look like what's what happens to someone when they when they go into a bad, when they go into a certain neighborhood, uh, when they get to, do they get robbed? Do they get beat up? This is how people think about neighborhoods. What happens when someone goes in there? Is it a good thing? So you have to understand what's happening to people like you and pretty much realize that's exactly what's going to happen to you unless you make some changes. The changes could be developing business or working harder or doing something different. But you have to understand, you know, what happened to you. Remember, I was, I quit my first firm and um, the leader of the firm came and talked to me. And actually, no, not the leader of the firm, I, uh, a partner that I worked with. And I said to him, um, I'm just a little freaked out here because you had two people that I know up for partnership and one of them you made partner and um, the other didn't make partner and she's leaving. And the partner said, yeah, but the person that's leaving only billed 2,400 hours last year. And the person we made partner billed 2,800. I thought about that and I was like, wow, this is just what it comes down to. It's just the hours. So at this particular firm. So think about that. On the whole, if you're able to connect with a partner of business, the, the partners with business are going to do better in firms where they're protected and valued as opposed to these den of wolves atmosphere where there's no loyalty, where often compensation systems are changed on a whim. So you could bring over a book of business of $10 million to a firm and, and they promise you they're going to give you a salary of a draw of $3 million a year 
And then a couple of years later, when all of your clients have relationships with uh, your, when all of the attorneys in the firm, the partners and associates have relationships with the clients you brought over, they say to you, hey, this is a tough year. Your, your hours are down a little. Uh, so we're only going to pay you $2 million this year, but don't worry. Uh, we'll try to make it up to you in the future. And this is what happens. At that point, all of your loyal, the client's loyalty is to a new firm and are new to that firm. So they just have to be careful. And partners need to be very careful when they're moving because they need to go into an atmosphere and value the work you bring. So if I was a partner moving to another big firm, I would question people. I would search on LinkedIn or whatever for uh, people that had worked there and been senior and, par- and been partners at the firm and ask them what they thought. You should feel like you're working with people who are there to help you and not just take from you. So in order to have a very successful career, you need to find your tribe. And it's obviously finding a place people like-minded individuals who want to protect and advance you. You want to join a firm where you have supportive coworkers and superiors who will give you interesting work, who will help you generate business, who will be friendly with your family, who will be there for you in both ups and down times and make you feel like you're part of their family. And if you work at that kind of firm with a group of like-minded people, you're going to wake up each day feeling confident and good about yourself and your common mission and your prospects. And and these qualities, I think they're very important. I think this, if you understand what I'm saying, could really be among the most important decisions you make with your career because it's going to give you a, a long career. It's going to make you happy. And it's going to it's going to protect your personal relationships with your significant others. It's going to protect your children. It's going to protect your happiness. It's going to protect your sobriety, whether it's with drugs or alcohol in your behavior, whether it's acting out gambling or sex. Or it's just going to protect you from all that because you'll have a group of people um, that will support you, and that's what you need. You don't want to be in an environment where everyone's not supporting you where you're just a number and then think about it, and that's not happy this is why people again think of the analogy of the bums on the street no one's there to support them that's a problem i, I was it watching there's this show called hijack which is fun it's a, it's a hot tv show which i think that was really good shows and i was watching that last night they had this like final episode and um, i haven't finished it but it looked like the plane was crashing and um, everyone was passing around phones and then they passed it to this one woman because everyone was calling like someone that meant something to them and whether it was their husband or wife or their mother or father. And they turned and they were, someone gave this woman the phone and, and they said, here, take this phone. And the woman said, I don't have anybody to call. I don't have anybody. And that was very sad. And the woman gave her a look and, and you want the bum on the street probably doesn't have anybody, people that are um, unhappy and may have not have anybody. You may feel like you don't have anyone to talk to where you're at. And frankly, if you have psychological problems, if you have substance abuse problems, if you have relationship problems or legal problems, the last person in the world you want to tell is your friend. You need to cover it up. I'm sorry I'm telling you why, but I mean, you need to be very careful. And people that have tribes are going to have far fewer psychological problems than people uh, that feel like they're uh, alone and they can't, they can't survive. That's a problem. Think about people. This is not a nice thing, but someone like Jeffrey Epstein has all these friends, part of these groups and a lot of prestige, and then all this stuff comes out and survive. That's a problem. Think about people. This is not a nice thing, but someone like Jeffrey Epstein has all these friends, part of these groups and a lot of prestige, and then all this stuff comes out and ends. And obviously all of his friends and everybody leaves him. 
he's alone, so he commits suicide. This is important. And I'm not saying that he's a good guy or anything. I'm just saying that this is what happens when people have these problems. And um, so these tribe considerations are really the most important things uh, that you need to consider in making your career decisions. And again, the reason I tell people, this is my big secret. Um, it's not a secret, but it's a whole way of doing recruiting. I tell people to apply to freaking every possible place where you could possibly uh, work. And this is because you need to find um, the right group that sees in you something that's like you and um, will hire you and where you'll feel happy because you don't know. If you apply to five firms, you may not find someone that's your tribe and therefore you end up uh, unhappy. If you apply to 50 firms, you find one firm out of that 50 where you couldn't believe that a firm like that and people like that exist. And wow, you're so happy. They like you. Everyone likes each other. And there's some kind of connection. And that's very important. So I think personally, your job choices, I'm a recruiter. So I make money, more money, the more money you make. But I don't care. I'm committed to people actually being happy and me feeling good about my work than, than how much money you make and how big the placement is. That's all I have. I'll answer any questions that you may have. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.